you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's do it. Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Wednesday, April 14th, and Stephen Simcox here with you. I appreciate you joining me. Um, let's talk some TCU athletics and let's start with TCU basketball. And hey, I have to be real here. I'm actually going to be kind of positive about TCU basketball today. I know I've been hard on Jamie Dixon. Um, I thought they should have parted ways with him when the season was over. And I'm not backing down from that. I mean, I think it was, that's, you know, what they should have done, but I will say this. He has been very active on the transfer market this off season. And have they lost a lot of players? Yeah, they've lost a number of players. Uh, Taryn Todd, Taryn Frank, Jaden Ledee could be losing R.J. Nimhart and Kevin Samuel, not to transferring, but just to the NBA draft. But those guys are currently, um, you know, looking elsewhere. Mickey Pearson, Kevin Isley Jr., you can go on the list. They've lost a number of guys, but they've also added uh, a number of transfer players. And the biggest domino to fall was this evening when Micah Peavy um, from Texas Tech he is a guard who has great size, 6'7", 175 pounds, former four-star recruit from Duncanville. He announced his intention to transfer to TCU. Um, he did it on Instagram and then later followed up on Twitter. And, hey, he's headed to Fort Worth. PV, um, as I said, that athleticism, that size jumps off the page. He averaged uh, five points a game, shot 45% from the field, as a true freshman, he had seven points and two steals in their first round in NCAA win over Utah State. He is a really talented player. Uh, from Duncanville, a former four-star recruit, was highly coveted coming out of high school. TCU didn't get him then, but they get him now. He's coming back to the DFW area. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is an opportunity that they had because Chris Beard uh, decided to leave and go to Texas. So that Texas Tech team – is shuffling some things around, and they saw PV in the portal, and they got it done. And I, I think it's a big get. His numbers aren't just astounding, but as a true freshman, that's a pretty big impact on a team that was in a Sweet 16 at a good program in Texas Tech. So I feel like he's going to get more opportunities at TCU. And this is uh, now, I believe, five transfers that they've added this offseason. Um, PV joins Maxwell Evans, the guard from – uh, Vanderbilt, Shada Wells from UC Arlington, Xavier Cork from Western Carolina, and Damian Ball from Memphis as players that are transferring to TCU. And, you know, you, you got some proven vets like Maxwell Evans. He was a senior who put up good numbers at Vandy. And then you also have um, some some young players that show a lot of promise like Damian Ball and Micah Peavy, who were four-star recruits coming out of high school. Peavy contributed a little bit more as a true freshman to Tech than bought in his couple years at Memphis. But both are pretty raw players that can do a lot. And you've got a core coming back, even though you lost a number of guys of Mike Miles, who was outstanding last year, Francisco Ferrabello, P.J. Fuller, Chuck O'Bannon, um, and Eddie Lampkin. I mean, he didn't really play last year, but maybe he'll get some more run this season. Now, the, the way this roster is constructed is interesting at the moment because there's some talent there, but it is also guard heavy. I mean, if Kevin Samuel doesn't come back, you're looking at a team with basically, you know, no big men. You got the, the big seven-footer from 
Navarro coming in, but there's not a lot of depth in the interior. But you have some guards in the backcourt, and the game today is very guard-driven. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Um, you got some guards in the backcourt that can go a little bit. And you also have size in the backcourt and players that can play in some different ways, play versatile. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure if PV could slide over to the three in different in different lineups. Um, but he shot the ball really well. He can get to the rim. He's a talented kid. So you got a few players that you can pair with uh, Mike Miles. And I don't know what the future holds for RJ Nimhard. I mean, he's he could still possibly come back as crowded as they are now with some of the weapons they have in, in that backcourt. I don't know what that looks like if he just says, hey, I want to, you know, come back and play. But RJ can fill it up, and he can score. And Mike Miles showed the ability to score. And now you have a couple of ball handlers um, like Maxwell Evans, the, the veteran point guard out of Vandy, and Shadow Wells from E.T. Arlington that can handle the rock and bring the ball up the floor and get them into their sets within their offense and allow Miles – to maybe go off and, and score and do some things off the ball. Um, I think you also have some players that are going to help him get more opportunities uh, to not be blitzed on pick and rolls and doubled so much. So this is a big get. And does the program still have some, some problems? Oh, yeah. Like, they still got some major problems. I'm not ready to say, hey, let's, let's start planning a parade or, or going crazy for TCU basketball. But I think they've recovered nicely in talent acquisition this offseason. Like, did they lose a number of players? Yeah. Are some of those going to hurt? I feel like they will. Like, I think Taron Todd was a guy with some promise. Um, you know, I, I think Kevin Isley Jr., maybe with another season and a more normal offseason, could have figured it out. I mean, he was Big South freshman of the year. Like, he put up big numbers. Uh, before he got to, to TCU. Um, but ultimately, they didn't produce last season, and the team was a mess, and they never really got on track. Aside from a couple wins early in Big 12 play, they looked worse as the year went on. I mean, they were not competitive against a very bad Kansas State team in the Big 12 tournament. They lost to K-State at home. They struggled with Iowa State on the road. You know, I mean, you can go down the list. They just weren't effective. So a, a talent turnover, a roster turnover, is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Now it's about can you coach these guys up? Can you get a system that works? And can, can you make this happen? And that's going to be up to Jamie Dixon and the staff. But Micah Peavy, former Texas Tech player, is headed to Fort Worth. We're going to come back and talk some more TCU sports. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the planet. I love Built Bar. I'm a huge fan. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, you can get 20% off your next order. Some of my favorite flavors, coconut brownie chunk, German chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter. You might say, man, I'm not a big protein bar guy. I wasn't either. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of protein bars. I think they're mainly bland. They're just good food for people that don't want to eat an unhealthy snack. But Built Bar is legitimately, I mean, it tastes good, guys. And it's also good for you. Only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs. 
BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. One more time, that's LOCKEDON15. Go to Built Bar today, check it out, get into it. BuiltBar.com, proud sponsor of Locked On Horn Frogs. Rolling along here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, I want to share this with you in segment two. Here's myself and Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12 talking some TCU spring football. This was on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. I'm going to share it with you here. Here's Josh Neighbors and myself talking TCU spring football. All right. Let's, let's talk a little spring football here real quickly. Um, there is no movement on the Chandler Morris situation, <laughs> uh, right? I mean, no. um, has Gary at any point been like, stop asking me if, I, if something happens, I'll tell you? He is not. He's been available twice in the spring, and last time when he was asked about it, he just basically said, you know, the ball's in Lincoln's court on right. this. And that's that's about as far as he would take it. Um, so no movement there. And it's intriguing to me because I actually thought there might be a little bit of a quarterback battle this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the combination of, you know, Chandler not being eligible right now, and then Gary's kind of went out of his way to say when he's been able to talk to the media that Max has really taken the reins um, as a leader on the team and is throwing the ball well. And I think that's as close as he'll get to giving somebody a vote of confidence. Mm-hmm. So that situation seems worked out for now. Uh, but as far as Chandler's eligibility goes, I know the I think it's just going to come down to whether the Big 12 allows interconference transfers to, you know, have that ability to be immediately eligible or if they just pass a rule that says hey if you transfer one time wherever it is you can uh you can play because it it feels like OU is kind of dug their heels in on this I, it doesn't seem like there's any movement there. I think the NCAA is actually voting this week uh Heather Dennis said something about it the NCAA is voting on this week on the transfer rules and so they might just pass it and say yeah it's regardless so that situation could come cleared up uh pretty soon one other thing I wanted to touch on with you is you know, you and I discussed the lack of intermediate passing game for TCU. And look, I, I think I'm actually more inclined to be with you on this. Like, I think there maybe should have been a conversation about a, about a quarterback battle because, you know, I think I heard a lot of stuff like, is Max Duggan ready, ready to take that next step? And then like the next step for him would be like, you know, hitting a few 10 yard slants, like, you know, hit a, hit a couple out routes, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I, I, he's a great runner, right? Yeah, he had a couple yeah. games too where it was like he went crazy running, and I yeah, guess he was like that. a wishbone quarterback for like three weeks. In the <laughs> yes, so a couple, so two part question here. Number one, are they any close to being better at protecting the quarterback next year, whoever that quarterback may be? Because I feel like that's part, that's part one. If, if you can't protect the quarterback, just roll with Max because he's used to it, mm-hmm. and that's not a fair situation to put somebody else into. But if you think they're closer to protecting whatever quarterback it will be, do you think they are closer is the question? I think they are. Now, so here's the interesting thing about that. The offensive line was actually better down the stretch at the end of last season. But I'm curious, was that them getting better or was that it, they played Texas Tech, Baylor, and Kansas right. late in the year? And they held up pretty well against Oklahoma State as well. But the back half of that schedule is a lot more forgiving as far as, you know, pass rushers go. Um, So uh, Steve Avila is their center, and he's healthy. He got hurt in the middle of last season. Um, They're high on him. He played well when he was in the lineup. 
They also brought in a transfer from Memphis, um, Obana Easy, and he's huge. He's 6'7", 325 pounds. So big guy big playing dog. tackle. Wow, now, yeah. he was a two-year starter at Memphis, and he graded out fairly well. Um, apparently, he's fairly new to football, mm. but – I mean, there's a lot of potential there. Like, mm-hmm. he had an Alabama offer when he was getting recruited, and they don't obviously just offer nobodies. Um, right. a, a step up in competition of the Big 12, but, like, he's starting. I mean, he's going to be the anchor of their offensive line along with Avila. Um, and then they got a couple guys in uh, Andrew Coker and Wes Harris who played a lot last year. One player to watch is Garrett Hayes. Who was a, he's a sophomore now. He's a four-star recruit. He's one of the higher recruits they've had in a while. So there's there's some potential there. But Josh, you know, the thing about offensive line is last year they had a different rotation right. week after week until the last few games of the season. And if you don't have five guys that are playing together, like it just doesn't work. So right. um, I, I think they're going to be better. But does that mean Max is going to have – all day to throw who knows and the the if i'm making an optimistic case for max he didn't get spring ball last year because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. then with the screening he had a heart condition right and he missed most of fall camp too so he really played that in that iowa state game to start the season without much practice and i'm still speculating even though they'll never say he he was I think he had some sort of shoulder injury or something and the three or four games where they didn't throw the football because it, it doesn't make any sense to me if he wasn't hurt while you have a power five quarterback that's throwing seven passes a game. Like that's just, and, and a guy, a guy we know can throw it down the field too. Like a guy that we've seen throw it down the field. Right. A guy that you can throw fade patterns and seems most comfortable, you know, throwing fades and posts and that type of thing. So if he was healthy, and he was just that bad, then I have major questions. Um, <laughs> but he is reportedly throwing the ball better. Of course, you know, who's going to say he's throwing the ball bad in spring? But uh, <laughs> there'd be a lot of problems if he was throwing the ball poorly in spring. I'll tell you that. It's a whole but, lot. Of, I mean, I think from what you're telling me, it sounds, you know, I'm open to the idea that maybe, maybe some competition would be good for Max. Yeah. But from what you're telling me, it sounds to me like, you know what? Given everything that happened last year, Max is the best course of action, especially if his team wants to move from, you know, they finished so well last year, but wants to move from where they were to a, to a, a higher step, right? Because I feel like this team, you know, I feel like a lot of questions around Gary Patterson are starting to be asked and rightfully so, you know what I mean? I mean, once again, like you said, the guys gonna have a statue at the stadium one day, but this team needs to figure out ways in which they can make that jump. And I think that's one where I think it's fair to ask the question, are we doing everything we can at this position? Well, and I would say this is the critical year. I mean, right. they've kind of had some built-in excuses, but the whispers around the program was that 2021 is what they've been building towards for a while. They've had some, aside from last year, which was a smaller class, they've had some highly rated recruiting classes. Quentin Johnson's coming back. Zach Evans fell in their lap. He's a sophomore running back. The offensive line is supposed to be better. You lost some good players off that defense, but you also have, um, you know, some really good players and D Winters and Travis Hodges Tomlinson coming back. And 
it's a Gary Patterson defense. Like, I think it's going to be okay. Right. So, to me, this is a year where you're going to figure out, are you a team that wants a recruiting cycle, can compete for a Big 12 championship, and in doing so, also be in a playoff race? Mm-hmm. Or are you just a group that people don't really want to play, but you're probably only going to win six to eight games a year, right. and you might beat somebody at home that you shouldn't? Right. And, I mean, that's not that's not the worst thing in the world. No. But that's not why they made this move. That's not the standard <laughs> that they've set. So um, if you're going to do it, it's supposed to be this year. So you, you got to show it. That's myself and Josh Neighbors. We'll come back and wrap things up. Before we do that, though, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They have everything you need to know about Major League Baseball, the NHL. It's where you go to bet. They have prop bets. They have all the latest news. You're not going to miss an injury or a news or a note type of thing that's going to affect your wager if you stick to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On and get a 20% sign-up bonus. Again, that promo code is Locked On. If you've ever wondered, hey, how do people make money on sports? Well, they use great handicappers like Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Betonline.ag. Try it today. All right, this has been Locked On Horn Frogs. Let's wrap things up. And I wanted to let you know, and actually, I think, so TCU Baseball played today. They played Tarleton State, and they won 10-2. to uh, Had a slow start. They won the game. But Cam Brown, he got his first start in a long time. Cam started a Tuesday night game early in the year, and then he just hasn't pitched since. And Eric Hughes texted me, our buddy who joins me on Mondays. He said, hey, Cam Brown's pitching tonight. I totally forgot about him. And I said, yeah, me too. Well, he lasted hardly any time at all. Um, he wasn't sharp. He walked a few guys. He hit a batter. He got one out, and then Slosh just yanked him from the game in the first inning. Didn't even get out of the first inning. And, you know, I understand his frustration. I mean, they lost a series at Texas Tech last weekend mainly because they just gave up too many free bases, at least on Sunday. And some on Saturday, too. I mean, Saturday they took a 4-1 lead and some free passes loaded the bases and then Tech came through with a few hits and all of a sudden it was a new ball game. I'll say this, though. Like, Cam Brown hasn't pitched in a month. And I understand the message. I, I get it. Like, I'm not questioning Jim. The message to him was probably like, hey, go out there and throw strikes. And, like, it's Tarleton State. Get out of this game. You know, get us going, set the tone. And he didn't do that, and he immediately got yanked. I just think it's a tough break for Cam. They hadn't pitched in a long time. And, you know, he struggles a little bit to start, and they just immediately take him out of the game. Jim said some interesting things in the pregame interview with Chuck Lamondola that I want to tackle tomorrow. But today I'll just let you know, Marcelo Perez came in in relief and did a nice job. River Ridings got him out of a few jams. Uh, eventually the bat started to connect. Connor Shepard had a pinch hit three-run bomb that put the game away. When they were up 7-2, to two. Zach Humphreys had a two-run single. Phillip Sykes had an RBI double. All around, it was a good day for TCU. And they got Oklahoma State this weekend. But we'll break down some more of that tomorrow. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.